In last week's podcast, we began to develop a deeper meaning in the statement, We developed to be the humbling realization that we really don't know. This week, I would like to develop a new dimension therein. Let's begin by understanding what das, knowledge, really means. Chazal link das to Havdalah, separating between things. As they explain in the Shmona Esri of Motzi Shabbos, when we insert a text of Havdalah, the Atachonon Tanu text, separating between Shabbos and Chol, well, that text is inserted into the bracha of Atachonin Liyadam Tas, because the ability to be mavdil, the ability to separate between things, is an expression of Das. We utilize knowledge when we draw distinctions. This is a profound teaching of Chazal, the sages, because human consciousness is drawing distinctions all the time trying to fit things into neat boxes and characterizations, good or evil, friend or foe, nice or naughty. On a split-second level, we are judging things, assessing things. Das is all about quality judgments, and that is what the human brain does. We are connoisseurs, in assessing quality versus that which is less than quality. And in this vein, we understand yet another statement of Chazal the Sages, when they teach us that one of the halachic phases of das, of maturation on a child's part to to verify that he has das, is when the child reaches the stage of Tsrar Vizarko Egos Venotlo. He can distinguish between a nut and a rock. A rock he would throw away as unwanted, while a nut he would take. He appreciates value. He's a connoisseur. That is an expression of Das, the ability to appreciate merit from lack of merit, good from evil. Seen this way, we can reapproach the Chazal regarding Purim. With entirely new eyes. Telling us that we are to reach a state of lack of das between Arhaman and Barach Mardachai would then mean inability to be mavdil, inability to separate. That's what das means. The inability to distinguish between. Those two polar opposites, good and evil on steroids, Baruch Mardachai versus Arhaman. This is the ultimate undermining of Das, which is the ability to draw distinctions. There is a provocative suggestion here that all of Das, all ability to fit things into neat boxes, can fall by the wayside. Because truth be told, this human obsession 
with fitting things into neat boxes and characterizing things is somewhat of a delusion. We have this need to clearly discern between things. But truth is not black or white. Truth has a lot of gray. And the human truth is generally in the realm of interpretation, as psychology has taught us. Most assumptions which each of us make is based on the way we want to interpret that which we perceive, which of course carries a very hopeful message that if one has negative perceptions about themselves or their life experiences, they could alter their basic assumption and the way they internalize those experiences by revisiting their interpretation. There are very few absolute truths. Arguably, in Olam Hazan, no absolute truths, though we have this need to operate with absolutism. But in reality, most things are great. Very few people are absolutely good, absolutely evil. Most people, even if we perceive them as evil, we can find redemptive qualities in them. Even Haman, as the Mepharshim explain, we are to reach some embrace some inability to separate between our Haman Labarach Mardachai because ultimately, despite himself, despite his attempts to be the horrible antagonist, Haman is in a sense the hero of Purim. He stirs the Jewish people to tshuva, and because of him there's a holiday of Purim. Now, the case of Haman's an extreme. The redemptive quality of Haman is despite himself. But when we apply this teaching, this greater truth, that in the end, good and evil, to a large extent, the distinction between the two, the characterization of good versus evil in an absolute sense, that is a human interpretation. We will find this in most people who we assess in the evil column that there is a lot of good there. There is a lot of redemptive quality there, hopefully more so than a Hama, not despite themselves, but actual virtue there. In reality, there is only Hashem. There is only the loving God on top of it all. And therefore, on some level, everything, everyone, needs to find a place within Ratz and Hashem. Somehow they are serving as a means for good in the world. Adel Yada Bein Arham Labarach Mardachai is this humbling realization that Das, the distinguishing between things, the characterizations of things, is a human need, it's a human obsession, but not the greater truth. The greater truth is Hashem alone, in which Everything finds a place. Everything and everyone is an agent of his will. Now, it must be stressed that there is a danger to this Adelaide perspective. We human beings need to live with the comfortable black and white characterization and boxes rather than the more fluid truth of Adeloyata. Because after all, when one does not have the clarity 
the Havdalah between good and evil, that gives rise to moral relativism, where people do not have any strict code of behavior. In the postmodern era, there is the my truth business, and that is very, very dangerous, because human beings living in Olam Hazah with human consciousness need to be girded in certain concrete characterizations, simply to function and achieve what they need to achieve. This is on the human level. This is on the human level of free will, Bechira. The Hashem truth, which, which is a higher truth, the truth of Yediyah, of what Hashem knows and Hashem's absolute master plan, that is a realm in which there, are, there is nothing but his will, and there is ultimately no distinction between good and evil. But we need to be girded in Das, in Habdallah, certainly between good and evil. And this is very clear in the story of Purim, which in the Purim experience, which is connected to Mechia Samolik, destroying evil amongst us, and not having any hesitation to pursue evil and obliterate it. In the Parsha Zachar Haftorah, which we just read, the error of Shal HaMalach was in his reticence to be decisive in facing down Amalek and facing down evil. So here we have a fascinating paradox, a provocative dichotomy woven in to Purim. On one level, the Adaloyata as a higher divine truth, and at the same time, a human need for moral clarity, das distinction between good and evil. I believe this paradox is brought out, is embraced within the Adlo Yada itself when we study seriously a commentary of Taisvis and Megillah Davzayim and Beis. Tosus explains that there's another side of the coin to Adloyata. This that at the Suda we become intoxicated and lose our ability to say Baruch Mardachai and then Ar Haman in a, in a clearly distinct, separated fashion is rooted in an earlier statement, we say, right after Kriyas HaMegillah, right after the Megillah is read, in the evening and in the morning. The Yerushalmi tells us we are supposed to sing Baruch Mardachai and Ar Haman, as we do today in the Shoshanas Yaakov. Baruch Mardachai, Ar Haman. The rich, resonant meaning of this tosis is as follows. He's not simply noting a factual truth that the statements Baruch Mardachai and Ar Haman, which become muddled under the influence of alcohol at the Suda, happen to be uttered in the morning with clarity, Baruch Mardachai, Ar Haman. But rather, Tosus is sensitizing us to the need for both of these to coexist. The clarity of distinction, Baruch Mardachai versus Ar Haman, set after Kriyas Hamagillah on one hand, along with the modeling of the two under the influence of alcohol at the Suda, both must coexist. Because 
at the onset of Purim, we are living on the human level, and on the human level, we need that clarity of distinction. Baruch Mardachai versus Arahaman. Moral clarity. No moral relativism. Das, Havdalah. Confidence and clarity. However, over the course of the Avodah of Purim, as we focus more and more on the Purim message, that Hashem is directing the story. Hashem is directing life. There's a higher perspective and purview than the human one. We begin to embrace the higher divine perspective in which there is not nice and naughty, there is not friend and foe, there is not good and evil, but Hashem alone. Another source for this dichotomy between the human perspective in which there must be clarity and distinction between good and evil versus the divine higher perspective can be found within a statement of the Arizal regarding Adlo Yada. Arizal famously cautions that one may only muddle the difference between Baruch Mardachai and Arahaman when they lose their das under the influence of wine. However, says the Arizal, one who has not lost their das, one who has not drunk, who would Khalila flip-flop the Baruch and the Ar between Baruch Mardachai and Arahaman. Says the Arizal, they would be committing a terrible sin not to respond appropriately with blessing versus curse in relationship to Haman and, and Mardachai, respectively. What does the Arizal mean? Why does it matter so much that only under the influence we confuse the Baruch and the Yar? Never when we have Das. Why is that so important? Because when we have Das, when we are functioning in the normal human orientation, we need that clarity. We need that moral confidence. Good is good. Evil is evil. There is free will. And we will never muddle the difference between the two. Baruch Mardachai Arhaman, two polar opposites. It is only at the pinnacle of Purim when we lose our das and in some sense escape the human preoccupation with characterizations and in some sense aspire to that elusive divine purview higher than das. It is only then and in that context that we can and we must skirt the Baruch and the Yar the Mardachai and the Haman, to recognize this higher truth, that in the end, there are no divisions, there are no distinctions, there is not good and evil, there is no opposition to Hashem's will, there is only Hashem, and everyone, supposed nice and naughty alike, are agents of his will. A final, magnificent clue to this understanding of Adl Yada, the Purim theme of transcending Havdalah, transcending Das distinctions, can be found in the Minhag of Havdalah every week, 
when we think about it sensitively. Every week at Havdalah after Shabbos, you will notice that one of the psukim, one of the hopeful psukim embracing the week ahead of us, which we say is, to the Jewish people was light, was joy. Now that is a pasuk in the Megillah regarding the Purim story. There must be a, ma- a meaning to the fact, there must be a significance to the fact that we utter it specifically at Havdalah every Motzei Shabbos. But now we understand the whole theme of Purim is transcending Havdalah, transcending the stark distinctions, Ben Kodesh Lachal, good and evil. There is a realization that while we human beings on a human level need that moral clarity, we are living in a realm of free will. There's good, there's evil, and I need to decide between the two and pursue good over evil of a heart of a But we must recognize that there is a higher perspective. There's a perspective which transcends Havdalah, in which there is no separation, in which there is only harmony, and therefore spliced into the text of Havdalah each week. The triumph of Purim reminds us, realize that this Havdalah we're uttering is limited in scope, is a necessary human perspective, but there is a higher truth in which there is no separation, in which there are no distinctions, in which there is only harmony. And as Ramchal tells us, the truth of everything melding together, harmony between all aspects of the universe will really be realized in Achras Hayamim, in that perfect world. Hashem is one. There is no opposition to Him. There is no distinction between naughty and nice, good and evil. That is a higher, otherworldly perspective, but one that we aspire towards at the pinnacle of our avodah of Parm. May we be zocha to reach that higher, pristine reality. Akras hayamim, soon in our days. Amen.